Hello, and welcome back to the Riverdale Recap Podcast. Today we will be talking about the 19th episode of Riverdale Season 3, Fear the Reaper. I'm Mary Kwiatkowski, and I am joined, as always, by the effervescent Kirsten McInnes. Kirsten, how are you doing today? I am not effervescent, but that's very nice of you to say. I just, so I woke up this morning, I podcasted about the Big Brother Canada live feeds, I went to see an endgame, and now I'm here. So it's been a packed day, there's been a lot of emotions, and I'm just hoping that you can support me as I go through this difficult time. Yeah, these Big Brother Canada live feeds have been ridiculous. Uh, I think we went for like an hour and a half yesterday when I was doing it. Yeah, I think that was a ridiculously long update. This one was much shorter, thankfully. I like came on the call and I was like, I have a heart out because I'm seeing Avengers. (laughs) (laughs) Don't blame you. I I wanted to have a heart out, but unfortunately it's, what can you do when you are podcasting about really crazy stuff? Yeah, luckily yesterday wasn't as crazy as the day before, so. Also, just a note on that effervescent thing. I really hate using that as a way to describe people. I think that it should only be used to describe like sparkling drinks. I think that I could be described as a (laughs) sparkling drink. Perfect. That it fits wonderfully. (laughs) It's not a thing where people call someone like a tall drink of water. Yeah. That's me, okay? I never really understood what that meant, but I I, I maybe because it's like refreshing. I don't know. And it just reminds me of did you ever read Little House on the Prairie or like Little House in in the Big Woods? No, because I started reading the first Little House on the Prairie book and they used a pig's bladder as a balloon and I never went back. (laughs) Yep, Little House in the Big Woods. That's one of the few things I remember that and the fact that he always called uh, his daughter Laura half pint, which I liked. So anyway. Anyways, yeah, no, they used a pig's bladder as a balloon and I said, no, thank you. I will not be reading these by. Oh, close enough. Um, Yeah, so this episode of Riverdale was a fun one, I guess. Just a nice typical episode that managed to infuriate me nonstop with bringing back things that I thought we were so happy to be done with that it just it just made me mad. <laughs> I, I went to start the episode on Netflix on, I think I watched it on Friday. It could have been yesterday. I don't know. Anyways, I went to turn it on and then it was the, the, dis- the episode description was like, Archie faces criminal consequences. And I was like, Mary's gonna be so mad. <laughs> like, look, we spent the first chunk of the season just being sick and tired of like Archie who had this hero complex and this guilt trip over I didn't kill a person but like I'm still somehow responsible and we are back there again we had characters that we thought were dead who are back we don't need them and we had like we can't trust the show anymore because anytime they're like oh this person's not really in the farm guess what they're all in the farm it doesn't matter doesn't matter anymore I just don't care just ugh I hate it. Yeah. Um, no Jughead voiceover either, so I don't know. Guess we're just taking a hiatus from those. Whatever. I'll move on eventually. Uh, let's talk about Archie first because, yeah, we typically talk about Archie first. <laughs> yeah, Archie. Let's get Archie out of the way. So everyone who was at this fight, they're hanging out at the hospital. Randy's family is there. So there's like Elio, Fred, Veronica, Mad Dog, Josie, and Randy died in the fight. Yep, which I'm pretty sure I predicted yeah, we, last time. we called that because he was non-responsive so he was either going to be dead or cut like a vegetable yeah so randy's dead and archie tries to blame elio and it was like a really dumb scene where he's talking to the the doctor and he's like yeah um elio gave randy some drugs and that's why he died and then elio's like um no pretty sure this was at your gym and you're the one who punched him so you're the reason why and the doctor just like walks away like i'm not a part of this and elio's (laughs) like i would never give him drugs if he was choosing to do drugs that's on him and it's like Elio I'm sure somebody saw you being like there's G in here well you're also you're also the manager so I think you are partially responsible for your client if you know that he's taking drugs
drugs of any kind. I don't know. I don't know how boxing works, but <laughs> that's been established. So they go home and there's a really short scene with Fred where he's saying that the autopsy will, will support what Archie is saying about the drugs and it'll be okay. But Archie's like, oh, I should have forfeited the fight, but I wanted the money and oh no, but I'm never going to punch again. I'm no longer a boxer. So he is no longer a punchaholic. He has been cured. I guess he no longer has a rage inside of him. But like, Archie... Uh, this is not his fault. No, it's not. It's not his fault at all. And I, I mean, where was Sheriff Keller? Because he was there and he knows that it wasn't Archie's fault, but can't have nice things. So we can't have Sheriff Keller being the voice of reason in this episode. I don't know. It's it's the way it is. Um, Mad Dog calls though and is like, hey, remember those drugs I gave you that you definitely should not have kept? Yeah, can you get rid of those? So here's Mad Dog just showing up, causing more problems. Like, do- you gave Archie these drugs, should not have done that. And mm-hmm. Archie should have been smart enough to not keep them in the first place. So they, they try to go throw the drugs away from Archie's locker, but get caught, like, immediately. Yeah, which is, like, this is also the most suspicious time to do it. Like, it just makes them look bad. Yeah, it really and why does. why did he keep them? I, I don't know. I I literally could not tell you um, because of I, Archie. Like, I was kind of wondering at the time, like, why didn't we get a super dramatic scene of him flushing the drugs down the toilet or something? This is why. This is why. It wouldn't have mattered because let's pretend that he flushed them down the toilet. We would have had an analysis this done on his plumbing and we would have found the drugs like it doesn't it would have happened eventually Ugh. um so that's not good but veronica's like oh it's fine you two can just pee in a cup and show them that you are not using drugs so whatever i i don't think i think possession is still like a problem here yeah but well whatever. and then the fact that they didn't do drugs makes it look super like they gave the drugs to randy because neither of them were doing them so why do they have them also know. when the hell did veronica become a full-on pr rep is this her third is this her third business that we were wondering about know. like why I'm are sorry. they having a press conference outside of pops and why is veronica like in charge of this and also i'm pretty sure when there's like a suspicious death the last thing you should be doing is having freaking media attention so no wonder randy's family shows up like why are they feeding into elio's crap i don't know why? this season has book ended with archie having like issues with the law and yet he's like on the, the beginning of the season he was under such scrutiny and then by this point it's like, oh, no one cares. He's just hanging out. I just... It, it doesn't, I don't Look, know. Why? Why is this happening to us? Like, honestly, put Archie in jail and throw away the key. I never want to see him again at this point. Also, there's like a subplot happening here with the, the Archie's, a lot of his guilt is because Randy had a family and I thought it was his mom at first, but turns out it's like his sister and there's a whole and, bunch um, of Like sisters. a much older sister who I think like has raised all of them. Yeah, it's weird. So she slaps him. I don't know why it couldn't have just been his mom, but whatever. And so Archie goes to see Veronica and is like, ah, I feel like a murderer murderer this is so bad and she's like oh well it's fine we'll just have a charity boxing event which first off I get that they were trying to say like no Archie doesn't want to box but Veronica that is the most like tactless thing this dude died from boxing so let's have another boxing tournament she's obviously not thinking and then immediately Archie pushes back with like no there'll be no more boxing and Veronica's like okay well what about a concert at Le Bon Nuit and it's like yeah a charity concert that actually happens in the world that makes sense I thought we were gonna go to like a car wash which I kind of would have enjoyed more but that's fine. Well, everyone is too like caught up in the farm and morality right now to do like a sexy teen car wash scene, which is what it would need to be. Although, and also with them all in white, like that's dangerous. Also, there's a lot of snow on the ground that I noticed because of they film in Vancouver. So. I mean, Vancouver doesn't snow really. Well, there was snow there, on the ground. But there was so some snow know. on the ground. So, like, <laughs> I don't know what time of year this is supposed to be, but like typically speaking. Well, it's speaking, supposed to be spring because they're talking
talking about prom in this episode. Oh my but. god. Ugh. Anyways, I don't know. But like, typically speaking, like Vancouver will be like they might get some snow in like December, January, but it normally doesn't stick around for more than like a day. I don't know. I don't know. But it's fine. We don't need to deal with the inconsistencies of the show. So Elia wants to pay Archie the fifty thousand dollars that he won. Which wow, I forgot it was fifty thousand dollars. That's a lot of money. And but then he's like, yeah, I could take you to Vegas, and we're gonna call you the Riverdale Reaper. Which call back? Anyone else remember the Riverdale Reaper? No, no I don't. When okay. was that? Just me. All right, the Riverdale Reaper. Which we can just go ahead and talk about the title of the episode now because it makes sense here. Yeah, the, the Riverdale Reaper was someone who was like this guy who killed a bunch of people in this family back in season two. There was like a house, and this guy killed him, and it was, had a loose connection to the Black Hood. I think like how. Gosh, I don't even remember. The Riverdale Reaper was it like Hal's father or grandfather or something? So um. some relation to the Cooper family is the Riverdale Reaper. And um, so part of this episode also has to deal with Hal breaking out of prison or whatever, not really, but getting moved from prisons. And so that is another reference to the Reaper. Also the song, Don't Fear the Reaper. Do you know the song, Don't Fear the Reaper? Yeah, everyone knows the song, Don't Fear okay, the Reaper. Okay, just checking. If you don't know, it's the cowbell song from the We Need More Cowbell sketch from SNL. Anyway, so lots of different reasons <laughs> for this title, but another one is that Elio wants to call Archie the Riverdale Reaper, which would be the equivalent of calling someone a boxer and then calling them like Ted Bundy. Maybe not. Maybe mm. let's not do that. I mean, at the very least, you have to come up with some kind of a clever pun on the serial killer's name. Yeah, you can't just take the name of a serial killer and then just use it for Like, you can't just name. be like, okay, cool, I'm Charles Manson now. Yeah, let's not, maybe. So, that's great. But anyway, Veronica is like, Elio is also denying Randy his family his insurance money. I don't know how she figured that out or how he's able to do that, but that's mm. when Archie feels like, okay, I'm just gonna take the money and give it to the family. So he does, and she's like, thank you so much for this money, and I guess that's, like, all wrapped up. I, I don't know. I, I don't like this idea of, oh, it's fine that this guy died because I got some money for it. Well, I don't think it's fine that he died. I think it's just, like, we see that Archie is not the villain in this situation. Yeah, I guess she, I guess she forgives him. And this is, we also find out that Randy had a drug problem. Right, yes. So that kind of, like, I guess eases it because they're like, oh, well, you know what? He was on drugs anyway, so I guess his life didn't matter. It was just weird. I don't know. The whole plot line, I was like, is this really happening or am I having a fever dream? I, yeah, not fun. And it only got worse. (laughs) Of course, Elio is in with Hiram and this whole thing is some long scheme from Hiram because, like I've mentioned before, with One Tree Hill, Dan is never going to stay good forever. This truce is never going to last. And yay, Elio is being funded by Hiram and Hiram's like, oh, it's fine. I'm going to get Veronica to have Archie start boxing again because I know that there are two sides of him. There's the nice side of him that saved my life and then there's the mean side of him that pointed a gun at my head. Yeah, and apparently the one that was going to murder Hiram is the real Archie. So even though Hiram was, I'm pretty sure, in a coma, I guess he remembers Archie being there? Maybe he watched a a videotape of it. I have no idea. No, if there's a videotape of it, everyone would have seen it. Yeah, no idea. No idea. So yeah, and then Veronica shows up at Archie's boxing gym and is like, Archie, you should totally box again. And Archie's like, yeah, you're right. That's okay. Psych, I'm not going to box or I'm I'm definitely done not boxing. I don't know. He gets over his his punchaholism break really fast and he's back well, to boxing. Well, because he is truly a punchaholic and he needs that punchahol. So he's back to boxing and yay. Cool. Guess the legal issues are resolved maybe. Maybe we'll continue that next episode. Not sure. But will he ever pay Veronica back the bail money? Like, I don't know. What was he charged with? Nah, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? <sighs> also, he's 
like, I don't want to be the Riverdale Reaper. And she's like, it's fine. You're the Riverdale Red Hope. I was hoping we could get through this episode without saying those words, but here we are. Nope. All right. Archie's done. Yeah. Shall we talk about Josie? Well, I would love to talk about Josie. So Josie calls her dad, who we have not seen, I think, since season one, right? Yeah, I don't mm. think so. I can't even remember his name. Mm, couldn't tell you. All I know is we don't like him because he was bad last time. Wasn't it like Mel or something? Maybe not. Oh, no he idea. was named after like a famous jazz musician. Yeah. I don't, I don't I remember. Don't, Anyways, don't remember it doesn't matter. I just remember Valerie, Valerie being like, oh, he's in town? Oh, Miles. His name is Miles. That's why. Like Miles Davis. Yeah. Oh, okay. yes. Got it. Um, Yeah. So they meet up to get dinner at Pops, which is where everyone has their family dinners. And Josie wants her dad to come see her perform at the uh, charity concert that Archie's putting on um, because she wants to leave and she wants to go on tour with her dad. She doesn't want to still be in high school. She wants to go live on the road. Yeah, I I think we've decided that her and Cheryl and maybe Tony are seniors and the rest of them are juniors. But like, she's le- she wants to leave immediately. Like, she still should at least finish high school first. Maybe she's smart enough. I mean, she got really good grades on her SATs, so she's done, right? That's how that works. I Yeah, you finish your SATs and if your score is high enough, uh, you're out. You don't have to do anything. Yay, great. So this coincides with the Jughead plotline, which we'll get to later, but basically they have dinner at Pops at like the exact wrong time, which is kind of funny. But she goes and starts to do her performance and the dad, her dad doesn't show up and it's kind of sad. And then she sings Back to Black, which is a pretty good rendition of it Back to Black. Good. It was, it was so really good. good. And they did their whole like fight scene, music scene thing again, but Josie did so good singing Back to Black. And I loved her dress. She wore this really sparkly sort of silver so sequin dress. Nice. It was beautiful. So it was great. And uh, turns out her dad was there all the time, the whole time. He loved her performance and he just wanted to intentionally make her think that he wouldn't show up because he needed to know that she loved performing enough to do it anyway, even if he wasn't there. And Which like, Miles, if you'd ever been there before, you'd know that she has done all of her other performances even when you didn't show up. So yeah. all you did was provide a little bit more trauma to your daughter for no reason. Yep, but uh, she agrees to go on tour with him and it sounds like they're leaving tomorrow because they have a gig in Asheville, North Carolina. So yay. Then she's in the music room with Archie and she's like, hey, I'm gonna leave. And it's kind of like a happy breakup. I mean, he's kind of like... He kind of is back into Veronica now. So Josie breaking up with him is like the easiest way to to end the relationship. And wow, do they make Josie seem like way more mature than Archie. He's like, oh, but I wanted to go to prom. And she's like, no, doll, that's so cute. She's like, oh, okay, you're though. just the cutest. So nice segue into her mentioning that she might end up in New York. So we'll probably get a tie into whatever spinoff show they eventually make with Josie. Well, yeah, because I know the next spinoff starts next fall, I think. And it is in New York and it is music inspired or whatever. So we will see Josie there. I know it stars her, but is it the character Josie or yeah. is it a new character? Oh, okay. I think it's going to be Josie. I, well, I think it's going to be Josie. I'm, this is probably like the thing I'm the least familiar with, but I'm pretty sure. So we'll see Josie in the fall on her own show. She's moving up in the world. She's better than like a recurring guest character. She should be a series regular. Awesome. So that is the end of the little Josie subplot slash, I guess, wrapping her up in Riverdale most likely. Mm-hmm. Uh, so might be the end, the last thing we see from her, which I, you know, are they going to get new musical performers? Do you think? Do you think we're just going to have Veronica I think we'll see Veronica same? singing. I think we'll see Cheryl singing. I think we'll see uh, Tony singing. Cool. All right. I'm down with all of that. And maybe they'll bring back Valerie. I'm kind of sad because I really liked the Josie and the Pussycats element, but there, we haven't even had any of the other Pussycats since like middle of season two. Where are they at? Don't know. Um, But okay, so let's get into the meat of the episode 
which was the Jughead and the Jones family. And this line. took so long to watch. Like I was watching and I was like, it kept going, it kept going, it kept going. And I was like, when, when will it end? And I feel like at the end of it, not that much had even happened. No, no. I mean, it like I could summarize this so fast, but I don't want this to be a 20 minute podcast. But I mean, it's right after the end of the last episode, Jughead and FP have captured Kurtz and they bring him back to their home and Gladys comes in and is like, oh my gosh, you took Jellybean and she beats him up. And so Kurtz is just like beat up this whole episode, but that's She's fine. like, I will kill you right here, right now. Yeah. And he's like, oh, but Jellybean will die. And I don't know. I mean, the, there's like, are, so are people watching them? Like, how are they going to know if Kurtz is dead? How are they going to know if they complete this task or not? Well, I guess like Ugh. after a certain point, if they don't hear from Kurtz, they'll just kill Jellybean. Maybe. So I, I just don't love this whole plot line because I really thought throughout most of this that like Gladys was in on it, that maybe this was a whole setup and like Jellybean was in on it too, or maybe, I don't know, Gladys like sacrificed Jellybean just to like make this thing happen, or Gladys is not in on it and that this is just like the way the show came up with for making Gladys finally spill all her secrets to FP, which I didn't love either. Which I, yeah, I think that's what it was. Yeah, it was kind of boring, but whatever. So they have to play a round of Griffins and Gargoyles in order to get Princess Jellybean back and Princess Jellybean still just really sounds like someone from Candyland. I feel like it's worse than someone from Candyland, but yeah, I'm I'm not into that. And so then they they decide they're gonna start playing. So FP is gonna play his character Deadeye, which is who he played in high school. Jughead is going to continue to be the Hellcaster, and then Gladys is gonna be the Alchemist, who I guess is a new character. We haven't heard anyone else be. I get the impression that Gladys is too cool to have ever played GNG before. Yeah, I was wondering if she had played this when she was younger, because she like seemed to know what she was doing, but also wasn't taking it super seriously. So that's hard to say. She probably wasn't part of the group of kids who played it back when the Midnight Club did. I don't think. Yeah. They they go through a couple challenges. The first one, cards on the table. There's a bunch of pouches. Basically just a way to make Gladys admit that she's the new Fizzle Rocks dealer because she gets the black rock and has to tell a secret and that she gets in a fight with FP and FP's like, there will be a reckoning. Who says this? Who, apart from people in Riverdale, say My this My question is, if FP says there is going to be a reckoning, who? Who is doing the beckoning here? Oh my god. Probably who? still Grundy. <laughs> from the grave. Um, But yeah, and so at that point, Gladys first is like, no, I don't have any secrets. And then Jughead is like, mom, Jellybean. Like, I swear to God, I will tell. And then FP's mad that Jughead didn't tell. I don't know. Yeah, at least we got that wrapped up real quick where Gladys was like, no, don't blame Jughead. He wanted to tell you. Yeah, that was a good moment. And so then they find out that they have to steal money from Pops. Yeah, which by the way, the pacing of this episode is terrible. We have like other plot lines with Archie and Betty going on that last like a couple days. You see them change clothes, go to school, it becomes night and day again and meanwhile Jughead and his family are still playing this game and yet like they imply that they've only played this game for a couple hours basically. No they've clearly been playing it like I'm... they've been playing it for multiple days but like when Jellybean yeah she's like I just got home sorry I've been playing G&G it's like oh okay so it's been a few hours but like it, it felt so long it was yeah horrible so then yeah they go to Pops to do the robbery and um, you know what Pop has been through some stuff the last few years and he has a shotgun now and he is Good. not a 
afraid to use it. Like, Pop, you know what? I'm going to tell you right now. Pop's my contender for most normal person. Yeah, he's the only one who's learned from his past mistakes and is at least trying to protect himself and his patrons of his diner. I do think that a shotgun might be excessive. He probably could have like a handgun or a taser. But you know what? Yeah, Still. I'd probably go with taser or at least like a I don't like know, pepper spray. Like something. Yeah, I feel but. like he probably doesn't need a shotgun, but it's not like it's a sawed off shot shotgun. So it could still be worse. Anyways, yeah. So FP gets shot and Jughead like takes off his mask to be like, don't shoot, don't shoot. So I guess Pop is only willing to shoot uh, burglars if he doesn't know who they are. So <laughs> I don't know. It's pretty funny, but it's also like this is all happening while Josie and her dad are having dinner there. And my first thought is like, if you guys are going to rob, like I know that it's a 24 hour diner, but if you're going to rob it, like at least wait for a little while until it's maybe not peak well, dinner time. I feel like Josie and her dad were the only ones there and I really liked how they like hit the floor and then Josie turns to her dad and says see this is why I have to get out of Riverdale and I was like thank you it was a little bit comedic yeah but they they move locations so of course they go to the bang bunker obviously and they're like now it's just it's just Jughead and Gladys and so they're like oh now we have to do the trial with the Cyclops so they have to move locations again what was the point in going to the bang bunker I don't know and now they go to the new serpent hideout which used to be the like gargoyle gang place and guess who shows up penny's not dead she should be it's almost like if someone doesn't die on screen we can't accept that they're dead in this show but this was so pointless. I guess Gladys gouged her eye out. Yeah, and I don't even think that she's like going to become a series regular or anything. Like I think I think she's I think this is probably like one of the last times we'll ever see her. I assume that we'll see her know. at some point just because it'll be like, haha, I'm back and I still want revenge on the Jones family. Yeah. So they have a battle. Gladys and Penny have a little fight with these weapons that are called size s-a-i i think I, is what I it is so like when he first said it i thought he said like scythes like what the grim reaper has yeah um and then i saw the weapons and i was like well those are not scythes so i don't they're like it's sort of like a little a dagger but then a dagger that has these like two little prongs coming they're, off yeah the it's, it's a triple well. pronged stabbing device and anyways obviously both gladys and penny have fought with them before because they're both yeah and they're very like good at this ninjas like, i don't know where this came from it, it was kind of ridiculous like even Gladys was like oh I've used these before what for what reason like f- literally Gladys for what reason there is no excuse so anyways Gladys wins the fight and it looks like she's about to straight up stab Penny in the throat and Jughead's like no we you just had to defeat her and you did so then Gladys stabs her in the leg and is like guess you'll be walking with a limp which was pretty badass yeah I would have rathered her just been stabbed in the heart honestly like Jughead if you already thought your mom killed her like honestly I we would all be better off if Penny just was dead. So I would have been like, yeah, slit her throat and get Kurtz too. Uh, but Gladys, Gladys goes to the emergency room and she has a broken art and a ruptured kidney at this point. And Kurtz is like, I, fine, I'll drive you to Jelly Bean. But Kurtz lies. He takes Jughead to a junkyard and he's like, there's two doors and something about the lady and the tiger. I, I Is this a thing? Is the lady and the tiger a thing? Or is that like a, a task that's typically in Griffins and Gargoyles? Uh, this is the first time I've ever heard of it. So the lady... Lady and the Tiger is a short story written by Frank R. Stockton. Huh. Um, it 
has a, a problem that is unsolvable, is what it says. Oh. All right, great. Not, um, there's probably even more that has to do with this, but whatever. So basically, there's two doors of these ice chests, and one jelly bean is behind, and the other one, it says his doom is behind. But they're both actually empty. So Jughead, who's really dumb and keeps his back to Kurtz for a long time, turns around and Kurtz has a gun pointed at him. And it's like, okay, duh, maybe don't turn your back on Kurtz for that long. Um, But he calls Jellybean, and she's fine. She's hanging out with Ricky, Ricky DeSantos, who we figured out his name. <laughs> yeah, you. thanks Gregory McBean. Yeah, so uh, Ricky and her, she's like, oh, it's fine. I just got home. I was hanging out with it, Ricky, blah, blah, blah. And so Jughead's like, okay, it's fine. I'll be home soon. And then Kurtz locks him in the thing and calls Ricky and says, it's fine. You can kill Jellybean. Oh, okay. This doesn't end up meaning anything. Yeah, so he locks Jughead into, I think it's like a chest freezer with like a screwdriver or whatever. And Jughead immediately breaks out. Like it takes him like two seconds. Like at the very least, they could have left us with like a cliffhanger and we find out next episode if he's able to get out. Like it was just resolved so quickly that I was like, oh, okay, I guess that's what's happening. Uh, and so then he sees that Kurtz is just dead on the ground. So he the gargoyle killed king himself. Is there. So I guess Kurtz either shot himself or like the gargoyle king killed him. Also, Jughead then immediately just runs away. It's like, why does no one ever try to unmask the gargoyle king? I'm still unsure if the gargoyle king is like a real entity or not. Well, that's the annoying thing because I feel like every time that the gargoyle king gets unmasked, it's when it's like not the real gargoyle king. But when it's, when we see him and people just run away, I think that's when it is the real gargoyle king. We just don't know who it is because no one ever unmasks it. But Jughead runs home and Jellybean's fine and then Jughead's like, Gladys, you should probably leave town. Never mind. You should stay. I don't know. Jughead goes back and forth on this episode of whether or not his Jughead's mom should leave like, or not. He calls be- her Gladys, which I don't like. Yeah, it's just disrespectful. But yeah, so Jughead like is talking to his mom and she's like, I really think that it would be best if I just leave. And so I'm like, I'm not mad that she's leaving. I am happy that Jellybean is sticking around though. That's good. I feel like it's really good for Jellybean. Good old JB. Yeah, and hopefully the show does something with her character maybe. And I mean, we have no clue why she's still alive, why Kurtz is dead. I don't know if we'll ever find out. Like, I don't... It was just worthless. It was just a waste of time and like, cool, Gladys is gonna leave. She's gonna drive north until she finds somewhere where no one knows her name and then she's gonna be fine. But like, I'm sick of it. I don't know. Yeah, so... You know what I'm also sick of? The farm. I'm so... so let's talk about Betty. Mary, I'm so sick of the farm. Ugh. Anyways, so... I thought you wanted the farm to be the big bad. I I wanted the farm to be the big bad because I wanted to be right. Not because I wanted it to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, Betty is talking with Hiram and she's like, hey, my dad wants to move to one of those really sweet waterfront rooms that you've got at your new prison, which sounds like a spa. Can we move him there? And he's like, yeah, sure, no problem because of publicity or something. Yeah, because most Supermax for-profit prisons have waterfront rooms. I'm sorry. This is just so, like, this whole show is so unrealistic, but this is, like, past the pale. Like, I don't know. I thought it seemed pretty accurate. Hiram's building a prison. Clearly, he's going to lock up some dudes who are probably bad, but he's like, whatever, they can still live in in a nice area. They need a view of Sweetwater River, you know? Like, this is not, like, a white-collar prison. I don't know. It just doesn't... I'm also, I'm a little sad that Hal was not actually asking Betty to help him break out and was actually just asking him to move to a nicer prison. I mean, maybe he was asking for help breaking out and then Betty took it as, oh, let's get him a nicer prison. 
I don't know. Either way. Uh, so then Tony calls Betty and is like, oh my gosh, there's gonna be this big wedding between Alice and Edgar. Also, Edgar plans to adopt Juniper and Dagwood. Okay, hold up real quick. I thought Juniper and Dagwood belonged to Polly. They do? Wh why is he adopted? What? I guess they need a strong male figure in their lives. Oh, I also okay, had sure. forgotten their names were Juniper and Dagwood, and I was like, who are these people? I was like, why do we care that they're getting adopted? It took me a, a second to remember. I don't know. So, of course, the farm are also anti-vaxxers for whatever reason. Um, I don't really know why that needed to be a plot line, but... Well, I mean, like, it makes sense in the way that they've been... They were like, oh, don't take medicine for your seizures. Don't do this. Don't do that. Like, I guess I understand that they would be anti-all medicine and preventative medicine, but, like, people, let's be real for a second. Vaccinate your kid. Vaccinate yourself. Where is Ethel? She probably died from measles or something because she never got vaccinated. No, I mean, Ethel, like, she was in with the whole Gargoyle King stuff, and then she got out of that, and then we haven't seen her since. I, maybe Ethel's the Gargoyle King. I wouldn't, okay, sure. <laughs> so, yeah, so Betty sneaks into school at night to check Evelyn's file, and she finds that she transferred from a school, and she basically traces back that Evelyn has been transferring from, like, a whole bunch of different schools for, like, tons and tons of years, and she's been a junior at every single past school, which definitely reminded me of Twilight and the Cullen family, so I was like, she's a vampire! Mm. But I don't think that's where we're going. I wonder how many graduation caps she has collected. Uh, probably so many. She probably matriculates a lot. But anyway, so yeah, Betty talks to Miss Weiss again. By the way, took me a real hot sec to remember who Miss Weiss was. Yeah. I don't know if you Social remember. worker. I was like, why is the social worker back? I thought that this chick was the lady who Betty had tracked down before, who had like been an escaped person oh, from I the had, farm. Oh, I had that for a second. It, it That was my first uh, inclination. Yeah, but no, this is uh, the social worker. So basically they find out that Evelyn has been pretending to be 17 for over a decade and she's actually like 26. So someone do that math for me. Checks out. How does 17 for over a decade equal 26? So she started uh, pretending to be 17 when she was like 15? What? Um. What? Yeah. So at one point she wasn't even pretending. She was just 17, I guess. Like, I, I, I guess she's, I she probably started at her normal high school at like 14 or 15, went through it, got to 17 as like a junior or senior, and then transferred schools and then just continued to be 17, I guess. But like, you can't just, it doesn't make but sense. But that doesn't make sense to be over a decade. Uh, whatever. Anyways, but it also doesn't make sense that Betty would be able to track that so easily because why the hell would she be under the same name at every school? And why would it be possible to transfer that many years without something popping up under that name? Like, it just doesn't, like, she would have it had to have had possible. a different identity in each town at each school. Like, this just literally makes no sense. Yeah, it, it Or at least, like, every four years okay. or so, she would need a new name. But, like, uh, I yeah. don't know. They also find out that she is also married to Edgar and that she's actually his wife and not his daughter. So, that's great also. I At least I hope, I hope that she is just his wife and not also his daughter. Ugh. I hadn't even thought of that, and I hope that's not the case. But maybe... Um, um, she's like one of those situations like at Juniper and Dag Dagwood uh, where maybe she was an orphan and he adopted her and then married her when she was old enough. Yeah, maybe. Because that would make sense why um, with the babies, how they're like, we'll keep the girls and you can take the boy. Yeah, probably. So she talks to her dad and her dad is like, hey, I know who can help you with the kids. Talk to Penelope because she's invested in their lives too. So she talks to Penelope. I love how Betty calls her auntie. It's like every it's time so that... <laughs> 
every time that the Blossom and the Cooper families, like, need something from each other, that's the only time they address each other by, like, cousin or aunt or whatever. So, yeah, somehow Penelope goes and chats with Edgar and gets to take the boy, Dagwood, but not Juniper. And she's like, yep, now he's Jason Jr. So, what? Betty's just like, how did this, how did this happen? I have no clue. I don't know why Edgar let one go. I don't know why Polly let one go. Well, and then they're like, um, what's her name? Penelope. So Penelope's like, we got one. We could have gotten none. This is a win. And so obviously she just wanted the boy to like stand in to be Jason Jr. And then she won't bother them anymore. And then Edgar probably wants the girl to like groom her to be his next gross underage wife. And it's all disgusting. And Betty's like, what? So she gets the great idea to steal the baby. Yeah. So she calls Tony and is like, hey, we need to still steal the baby again. And, uh, the second baby and Tony's like yeah sure no problem but it's really a trap Tony takes her in and uh they are trying to get the kid but then they really stumble into the furnace room where everybody is and hey look it's everyone's dressed in white and they're all there and Tony's part of the farm and psych Betty you should be part of the fine join us join us join us it was so creepy no stop join us no I won't it's so creepy I'm not happy with it Betty runs away and Edgar's like please get her yeah, because they spill all their beans about like, yeah, of course that we, I know that Evelyn is also married to Edgar. This is totally not weird. Alice is like totally down with it and Polly's down with it and Tony and Cheryl looks really creepy in this scene. Yeah. They're all happy, whatever, but Betty makes it back to the car and good thing she had a car. Remember back when these people just like ran everywhere? Glad they've got Well, I guess, so I guess Betty's 16 now or just is practical. I, I don't know. So she gets in the car. They're like banging on the windows, like yelling at her and she just drives away. She doesn't open the window. So at least she's still got a brain in there. And she gets to Veronica's house finally. And Veronica is like in super bad news mode, like sitting there like, hey, finally you're back. Like I've got some bad news. So I guess Hal was already being transferred to Hiram's prison, which means that prison transfers happen in like half a day now, which is okay, cool. And I guess there was an accident and there were no survivors. I don't buy so this. So like when like an accident, like were they saying like there's a car accident? Yeah, I I think or whatever, she, or were they saying like they like the the prisoners tried to escape and then like everybody murdered each other? I have no idea. I think that it was a car accident, and regardless, I, I don't buy it. You know, there's no way like Hal is now just escaped, and so I assume he's gonna start murdering people again soon. Yeah, he either escaped and Hiram just like wanted to cover it up because that's really bad press by saying that, or Hiram like helped arrange the escape. Or yeah, Hiram helped arrange the escape so that Hal can kill Archie or something. I don't know something, but either way. I do not buy that Hal is dead at all. No way. Until we see the body being buried into the ground like we did Mm-mm. with Midge. Exactly. Until we see a body, they're alive. And that's yeah, how it is definitely. in Riverdale, New York. Yep. So overall episode, um, it, it there, uh, we have had more infuriating episodes, but we've also had better episodes. I, I think the problem I is like, hate, we were I on a pretty good streak it. for a little while of like episodes where Archie was finally like semi-happy again and like a normal person and Veronica was not being the worst and stuff. And now we are just back to, oh, look, everyone is terrible. I mean, Veronica wasn't as bad this episode, but she didn't have as much going on either. But she also wasn't great. Uh, and it yeah, was like... because she's clearly just like working for her dad again. Yeah, I'm just over it. And I think also like Archie having criminal trouble or like law legal troubles is like not interesting at all to me. Uh, the Griffins and Gargoyles plot lines are not interesting to me. And like the farm needs to straight up do something soon or just go away forever. Oh, the other thing too is Betty finally remembers that she 
saw them like throw the babies in the fire in the first episode of the season when she had her first seizure. Yeah, did she just remember this? Or yeah, I think she, she just like, escapes the farm. I think she just remembered it. Like I think that she was like possibly getting drawn in with what they were saying and like the chanting was getting to her. And then she like had a flash of memory of them throwing the babies in the fire and then she like knew she had to run away. Yeah, and I'm I'm really hoping we will one day get an explanation for that, but we'll see. I don't know. Um I also got a tweet about the episode from our friend of the podcast, Jordan, and he wants to know why is the farm anti-vax? We don't know. Um he wants to say that Evelyn pretending to be Edgar's daughter is creepy AF. True. And then uh Hiram's trying to stay relevant is not needed. And you know what, Jordan? You're right. Um where is Hermione? Yeah, where is she? Maybe Hermione's like, is the most prom- normal person because she's gone. <sighs> My problem is that I, like, cannot even remember who's alive anymore. Like, she could have died. You could have been like, oh, Mary, don't you remember she died last episode? And I'd be like, oh, yeah, you're right. Like, I would not. Mm. I, I can't even. I would never lie to you anymore. like that. I don't think so, though. I think Pop was more normal. I think Josie was honestly pretty normal in this episode. She wanted to get out of Riverdale. Yeah, Josie was very normal, except for the fact that she's, like, apparently not finishing high school. Yeah, but, I mean, she, again, she's smart enough. Maybe she plans on, like, finishing high school from the road or something. Like, I bet she has a plan. Maybe. Uh, I would be okay with giving it to Josie because Pop we gave it to Pop so often yeah well because Pop is the most normal person on the show um but they also could have you know what Pop could have gotten like a handgun he didn't need a shotgun so you know what I'm okay with giving it to Josie so I think Josie was probably at least of the people who actually had somewhat of a plot this episode the most normal person I'm I'm okay with it Josie most normal there were no close but no cigars right no nothing really uh I took some notes on like a couple new names like at one point Betty calls herself Doris Bell but I I couldn't really find anything connected with Riverdale from that or Archie Comics. So that was pretty much it. There wasn't a whole lot, no no real new characters or anything. It's just sort of your your typical Riverdale episode. But, but yeah, that's, that's really all for this week's episode. Thank you for joining us and we will be back next week for our recap of episode 20. Do we, do you know how many episodes are in this season? Is it 22 again? Or I, I would, I would guess 22 or 23. So like we are down to the very end of the season it's all happening. Hopefully we get like some sort of resolution of all of this. I don't know. It looks like there's going to be 21 episodes this season. Okay, That's so what next the Wikipedia page is the penultimate episode. Yeah. So excited for that. Do you want to guess what the next week's episode is? Do you know what the title name is? I don't know what the title name is. I will give you a hint. It was something that was mentioned in this week's episode and it is a fun school event. Prom? Yep. Prom night is the next episode. How? <laughs> Yay! <laughs> the timeline of this season makes no sense. Nope, but it's fine. We've given up. Once we once we passed Halloween and we never had anything Halloween happening, then I it's okay. We're just done. We're moving on. But yeah, so you can follow me online at Frail Mary on every platform, and you can follow Kirsten at Kirsten Said What on every platform. You can also check out our other podcasts we do probably in the off season. Once Riverdale season three wraps up, we will continue doing some more of our Riverdale season one content so if you want to go back and do a listen I think we're almost done season one and we will be into season two. Yeah. You can also find both of us on Rob Has a Podcast doing our Big Brother Canada updates for a short while longer and probably Big Brother US in the summer as well. Wow. Summer is coming. Coming around fast. Summer is coming fast, which I couldn't tell you because Calgary had a blizzard yesterday. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, it's been a literal blizzard. Like I looked outside and I was like, the snow is coming sideways. Gosh. Kill me. I'm going to come visit you. I am full on 
on shorts and t-shirt weather now. Yeah. Which I'm really excited about. We, we've got, it's still sweatpants and hoodies over here, but we'll get through it. <laughs> yeah, but until next time, have a nice day. <laughs> Bye! Put Archie in jail and throw away the key. I never want to see him again at this point.